You have entered the 13, a place where real stories about music, touring, and the beyond are told. Music does something to us. We all experience it in our own way. It can affect our senses, transport us through time, and release emotions. On this podcast, we will talk with people about the power of music and the beyond. What does the beyond mean? Let's find out together. Turn on your metronomes because this time is about to be tracked. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to The 13. I'm your host, Ryan 13. And on today's episode, we have Gabe from American Fangs. Gabe, how are you doing? Doing well, man. Lovely. Thank you for having me today. All right. So I got a few questions. First of all, y'all kind of stopped playing there for, I don't know, six years or something. And I heard a we rumor sure that you got a show coming up in August. We do August 19th at White Oak Music Hall upstairs with uh, Heavy Thoughts, awesome band, and Paris Green, another awesome band. So it'll be us three. We're headlining, and it's a, a show after six or seven years, it seems. <laughs> That's awesome, man. The last time I saw your social media stuff, it was like right after Hurricane Harvey. You guys had to cancel a show. And then mm -hmm. I don't know if you played any more shows after that, but it seemed like right after that, everything kind of stopped. Uh, is there, was there a reason and can something you could talk about or just life? No, there's, you know, life, there's nothing necessarily off limits. So, um, you know, I think we were doing a few shows. We played like a, a Conroe air show, which was really fun, but very uh, dismal because it yeah. got rained out. And uh, then we, I think we did a few shows and we, we did one. We were playing with, candle box wow. at um at rise rooftop before they actually built the roof up there right. and that was probably our last show playing i mean we never like hung it up but we just like i said we kind of had to go back into the world and live for a little bit really? and um yeah yeah and and, and uh that's kind of what happened i mean that's not why we stopped playing but sure but that, that's that's what happened at that point uh, during that last show Okay, right on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, my band Razor 13, we never really officially hung anything up. It was just like, oh, I have no money. I need to go to, you know, actually work for a little while. And then now yeah, 12, yeah. 13 years later, I'm still working. Damn, that was a yeah. mistake. Don't grow up, kids. It's a trap. Um, it is. <laughs> so, uh, okay, I brought the, I like, we got a bunch of stuff we're going to talk about. But one of the things I was thinking about just before we started was the last time you and I saw each other in person and correct me if i'm wrong but was in milwaukee at shank hall where i was setting up doug pinnock's um gear and i see your ass walk through the front door in the middle of milwaukee you guys are on tour and apparently opened up for king's x that night right we did we did they they actually hooked us up because we had a day off we were i think we were doing like the milwaukee summer fest at okay. the time and you know it's not like we were opening for anyone out there we met kiss uh, oh, we, nice. we saw Chevelle, who are awesome dudes and a bunch of other bands, but uh, we had some time off and we were like, oh, Doug's in town. Let's go see if we can hop on a show. Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't remember like if we were good, were we bad? But those were like the really early days of Fangs and and all we wanted to do is be on the road. I mean, I think yeah. truthfully, most bands only want to be on the road. So I had such I just remember feeling so like like what the fuck are you doing here dude yeah dude <laughs> yeah, two Houston guys fun, running in, running into each other in the middle of milwaukee that was so so right? cool and you guys were great uh, i have a great memory of watching you guys on the side stage and then trying to cool. make sure doug's guitars did or basses didn't 
you know, melt. Okay. One of the last, and okay. So speaking of times we've hung out together, one of the times before that was at a Morningside drive shows after your CD release party and you and me end up in a van chugging SoCal out of the bottle. (laughs) Do you have any memory of that? Editing room, Ryan interjecting. I meant Southern comfort. That's why he talks about Southern comfort. I don't know why I said SoCal. Okay. Back to the episode. Bye. You know, what I do remember is back in those days and, and with Morningside, we discovered Southern Comfort, too. So that was like the drink we were drinking at the time. I mean, right. try to drink it now. It's pretty tough. Sure. But, uh, you know, I I take one for the road anyway. But, but yeah, <laughs> dude, I do remember that. And I don't remember the CD release, but I remember those days of just like just nothing but bands. It was so yeah. awesome. It was just bands all weekend. That was the thing to do. Just get out, go see bands, go play mm-hmm. shows. And uh, yeah, super fun, man. Yeah, that was at a. Could you remember the name of the pub? It was over there off of Huffmeister. It's gone. Dude, that now. was, pr- yeah, that was a sidecar pub. Sidecar pub. Yeah, yeah dude. dude. And those yeah. were the days. I mean, that place was awesome. I, I wonder was, what's there now. I don't know. Like, uh, I, I think I've driven by it a few times, but because it's not there, I just don't glance to see what's in its place. But, but yeah, man, man, that's way back. I'm, I'm glad I remembered that, that the name of that place. Yes, I'm glad you did too because I've been trying to I've <laughs> done it on a few podcasts. I'm like, yeah, that plays off Huffmeister, and everyone's looking at me like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Yeah, if you lived in Houston or Texas for a while, specifically Houston and Katy and all mm-hmm. the neighboring areas, you know, you'll you've grown up and seen them come and go. You know, oh, a ton engine of room. awesome venues, engine room, Fitzgeralds, Jet Lounge, Jet Lounge. Fitzgeralds was like the newest old building to go that that was pretty recent you know and yeah, that sucked because that, after a while so much. yeah we were like man we should have figured out how to buy that place ourselves because now we we miss having a, a joint like that and, and there's plenty of other new spots like the end and and obviously white oak but there's some there was something about fits that was just very special and uh it now was. it's a parking lot <laughs> now dude it was so special i've seen so many bands there like including some of yours and like, I think I saw lower there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and a lot of the greats played there from Pantera, Nirvana, Stevie Ray, and, you know, countless yeah. others. Hip-hop acts, jazz acts, country, you name it. It's super awesome place, a historical landmark. And I don't know if anybody would know these days. <laughs> dude, I saw Lizzie Borden played at Zelda's downstairs. <laughs> with, with, shit, Zelda, with Doug, dude. With Doug Pennick and Doug was on Mushrooms. <laughs> dude. Oh, I mean, man, Doug. Shout out to that guy, man. What a wonderful guy. Yeah, he's a great dude. I, he sent me a Snapchat this morning. Um, <laughs> so um, do you remember partying at Jerry? Speaking of the guys in King's X, do you remember partying at Jerry Gaskell's house when he was on tour? <laughs> 100%. It was like, I think I was probably 20 or 21. I think I was 21 because I remember bringing like beers and pizza. Yeah, you were the one who would and- bring, bring the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. And that was so fun because they had like, geek had all the the gear set up in the living room and we could just jam out drink take shots and just i mean man go to town yeah yeah i love all those guys joey gaskell trent moss jeremy freaking love those dudes man yeah dude i got johnny i remember right here it's hard to see geek first vocal take on cassette because back then we we recorded everything on Tascam eight tracks (laughs) <laughs> yep, yep, sure did, man. I think I've got my high school band, Vertical 360, on a tape 
somewhere here in my house. But, uh, but yeah, dude, I remember partying hard over there and also wondering how are you guys able to do this? Yeah. How did you, how did you manifest this house? There's no adults and we used to just rage. It was fun. Yeah. Dude, I, I, I was in my, the, my high school band Grimoire, we mm-hmm. thought we were hot shit. We played thrash metal, right? So we were like, oh, yeah, you know, we were the elitist metal types, you know, like you can't, yeah. you don't listen can't to Metallica, <laughs> bro. Right. Like, um, and then Joey walks in the door with my buddy, John Paul and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and some of the other dude, I think Jeremy was with him and it's nighttime. We would play at night at my, in, like above my parents' garage or whatever. And um, they were like, can we play? I'm like, yeah, sure. Fine. Whatever. And Joey gets up there and plays and I'm used to a thrash metal drummer. Joey gets up there and plays some Deftone shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, Oh yeah, dude, yeah, dude Joey's so fucking good. Jeremy yeah, too. Man. Miss, I miss those guys. We used to hang out all the time. I miss you too. Me we too. all, you know, life happens. We spread out. I'm in Kingwood sure does. there. Absolutely, man. Good times though. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I watched a video of you guys at download festival. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Out there in England. Yeah. How was that? That was amazing. That was our second time taking a trip overseas, too. And um, it was it was it was a blast. I mean, the UK and and it's just another world over there. And and not to say that, you know, in in America, people don't appreciate music, but it's just we're it's just shoved in our face so much. Yeah. And I can imagine over there they, they have the same propaganda, but they they love rock they love music but yeah. i'm talking about rock music metal punk uh, alternative they're just eating it up out there still so it, it was amazing it was a super long day super hot day ended with watching like muse and slipknot oh cool and uh yeah it was fun we, we were really trying hard at that time to sort of you know break away from a lot of our you know business dealings you know we you know fang started off as as truthfully like an art project like oh let's figure out we want to write stuff like this i mean you saw morningside drive yep that was kind of leaning more towards emo and pop and i love singing i love performing and i love ballads and and just sing-alongs but after that band i I just really wanted to hone in on something with a little bit more raggedy edges and with, with with that pop sensibility but again uh you know we we really it became a monster of its own with, with all different lineups all the time. And, and, and again, it it led us to the UK. And when we got back from the UK, it led to, you know, you know, two years of playing shows and paying off debt, you know, stuff like that exists, even when you're in a band. Yep. And, uh, and, and it's basically ended with like a rained out show. They were like, well, I'll see you guys when I see you. And you know, seven years later, we we're going to play a show. So yeah, hell yeah. But speaking of Europe, that photo right there that I took that Trent Moss got credit for, but I took it. <laughs> um, that was in Wolverhampton, England. And uh, wow, the crowd of Kings X over, you know, the crowds over, like you were saying about just the crowds over there, they, they just appreciate music so much. So Kings X will pack uh, an engine room. So like I don't have I don't even go to clubs anymore, <laughs> but an, like, just remember yeah. the engine room, 500 people are fit in there. Right. But go over there, 2000 people, you know, yeah. they just pack the place every single time. And the, the fact that they love music and it's in every pub, like from down to the ground, like new band that just started yesterday playing 
you know, right. everybody's out there watching. It's it. I don't know what it is, and I don't know why it is, but I. Every time I've gone over there, I've just had an amazing time. Same here, man. We we after our first trip there, we were almost convinced we we were gonna just move over there. We we're gonna take our whole band and and just go try it over there instead. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. It was it was really fun, dude. I mean, uh, where all did you go? Like, did you go over your? I mean, like Germany. In, uh, no, we didn't. England. We didn't make it there. We didn't make it there. We you know we we were like. Portsmouth, uh, Ireland, okay, yeah. uh, Scotland, um, you know, London. We just did sort of the string of dates, which is wild because you can kind of get to all of these these towns, uh, you know, two, three hours. It's like driving yeah. to Austin. Right. Whereas here in, in Texas, if you want to get to another major hot spot, you're, you're flying or driving yeah. many hours. So that, that was really cool about the U.K., you know, yeah, our I, first trip over there was, was, was Papa Roach too. So oh, they, they brought awesome. us out there. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. I, that, my work, dude, that Papa Roach. That's, I didn't know that. That's awesome. <laughs> the, um, yeah, they, we, we met, we didn't even meet them. I think our, we, we met a, an, a, a UK agent who became our agent. Hey Bex, we love you still. And uh, Bex, I believe might've been their agent. And they were like, Hey, we like this band. Can they come out? And so we did a string of shows out there for about two or three weeks. And it was, it was gnarly, man. And Papa Roach is the 100% the truth watching them every night. Yeah. You would be surprised. They've got hits for every year for the past 20, 25 years. They're an amazing band, man. Yeah. No kidding. And I remember when that first hit came out, I was in high, high school and I was in that thrash yeah. metal band, the elitist band. And I was like, yeah. they stole an Iron Maiden riff. This is bullshit. And I was like, fuck this band. And then I started, I was, <laughs> then I was like, all right, yeah, they're kind of good. And then I was like secretly listening to them at my house when no one was around. You know? Heck yeah, dude. Yeah, man. They're, they were super gnarly. I was actually really surprised because I hadn't been listening to them. Like my taste for loud music was, was different during Fangs. Sure. And watching them, they brought me back down to earth. And, and I learned a lot from watching them too. But, but yeah, it's funny how you were talking about how everyone over there in the UK is jamming. We would go into like some pubs after hours and there's no bands. There's just music over the intercoms. It would be like killing in the name is playing. Yeah. And there would be pockets of people in a circle just singing the songs like singing in a circle like da, 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 da. and it would just get bigger and everybody get crazy as it got more hype and everywhere we went that was going on it didn't matter what song it was killing in the name fucking eagle eye cherry they would be a, a packed room you can't even move and everyone is singing the oldest eagle eye cherry song you can think of and you'd be like <laughs> i haven't heard this song in 20 years and over here they're fucking mosh pitting to it so it was it was uh, it was eye opening. It was it was pretty flabbergasting, man. Dude, that's so cool. I I man, I wish I could go back. The last time I was over there was 2011 with King's X, and you know, yeah, it's just everything about being over there. I don't know if it's just different. I love being here. I love America. I love where I'm at. I love Texas. Right, yeah, right, right. But I mean, I don't know, man. Maybe it's just a. I don't know. It's just fucking cool over there. Yeah, somebody might be able to articulate articulate it better than you and I can, but sure. 100%, dude, it's just you can feel it. They feel it. They want it. They're not, like, jaded by it. They're not like, oh, you're just doing four on the floor all day. Right. They just love it, man. It's it's wonderful. It's a great feeling. Yeah, the speaking of jaded, you're yeah, you're right. 
Like I become, you become really cynical when you're in the, in the music industry. And then like, I haven't been in the music industry at, at all in a decade. So I've just been, but I still maintain this, like, uh, I see what they're doing, you know, like yeah. you, cause you have a, you've seen behind the curtain, you know, how it works that right. my buddy, I don't know, Sal, he, I don't know. He may know some stuff about music, but he just knows what he likes. So he may right. every, if something pops up and he likes it, he just likes it, but I could like it. But for some reason, like, like uh, I see what they're doing there. That's, uh, and you break things down and it's right, not, right. And it we kinda, know too much. <laughs> we know too much. It kind of takes the joy out of it sometimes. I mean, not really, but there's, there's a piece that you don't really think about. Like you start anal overanalyzing it and stuff. Um, so I wrote on some of my notes, I wrote these notes like several weeks ago, um, mm -hmm. But for everyone who's listening and watching, uh, me and Gabe have been trying to link up for a little while. And this is what my buddy Brandon Thomas over at Expanding Reality calls divine timing. Everything's going to just line up when it lines up. And that's just how it Absolutely. goes. And yeah. so we we finally, uh, you remember Brandon, he was in PM Theory. You remember that band? Yeah, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, like absolutely. Ryan Girth, Eric Girth, all those yeah, guys. Dude, we were just talking about them at our rehearsal earlier this morning about potentially rehearsing in, in their rehearsal space before the show for a few just to get a little bit more space. But uh, shout out to those guys too, man. Known them for a while. The Girth Brothers, man. The Girth. I'm, I've, I've invited them on. They've agreed. We just haven't set up a time yet. They, uh, yeah, I mm -hmm. love those guys. I And if you guys are watching, I'm definitely making y'all chug the Guinness thing the that y'all do, <laughs> which is still hilarious 20 years later. Um, what, are they, what are they chugging Guinness? What? Yeah, they like- I want, I want they, in. What's the, it's like the rush. What do they call it? I'm so stupid. It's the Irish car bomb. I think they like, oh, you dude. Know, so they put that shit down, dude. The first time I saw girth do it, uh, Ryan was when him and me lived. Well, I don't know if we lived there, but we had girlfriends that lived off of Ella Lane and Gessner. Yeah. Like right there by West, right behind Hooters, you know? And, um, mm -hmm. that like, he was like, this is an Irish car bomb. I was like 21, like fresh, you know, he was like, here you go. And, I was like, what do you do with it? He was like, chug it. <laughs> yeah, dude. So I got a story about that that only a handful of people know and believe. Okay. But back in the early Fangs days, uh, we discovered the Irish car bombs too. Yeah. And we drank a lot. And one one night, me and uh, the drummer, Micah, Micah Miller, we were out yeah. just rehearsed, drinking. And I took three Irish car bombs. And a buddy of ours, had already taken three and are like, man, well, you can beat his record. So it turned into six, six turned into 16 within two, two hours. And I woke up not dead, which was good, but, uh, but yeah. So I, I do, I can do an Irish car bomb, but I won't do 16 or even three ever again, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll, no, that'll take you over the top for sure. <laughs> for sure, dude. Uh, so uh, one of these things I wrote down here was, God, I love the Houston music scene and it hasn't ch like it's changed and you can, ch mm -hmm. you can tell, but you can tell, I don't know how to explain this. You can tell a band that has the Houston vibe. I don't know what that means, but I think you might. So like the, this guy, for instance, this guy, Jesse white, who's been on the show. What's up, Jesse. He's uh, from Beaumont, but he he's writing some new material right now. And I was listening to his vocals and his guitar playing. And it reminded me of, Houston bands from the nineties. And nice. I, I, in his interview, I was like, dude, that I wrote Houston vibes when I was taking notes for the show. And like, there's Houston vibes 
in bands from Houston and or the surrounding areas. And like, I, I don't know how people can tell this, but I sure as fuck can, you know, like I walk in, I'm like, yeah. oh, they're from Houston, you know? Right. Right. What could that be, man? Is it the ZZ top DNA in us that, that we be. like riffs? We like wild. We like, it's riffs, Rainy, it's vocals, like you know? It, yeah, it's also like, it's also what I grew up around, you know, watching bands like you or even bands from Louisiana, like Choke, like they, like we're in that, maybe it's the Gulf Coast vibes. I don't know, but like, yeah, they have, there's, there's a vocal, th- there's what, maybe what was trending when I was a kid that, that permeates through shit now where I'm like, oh, Houston band, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, dude. Let's talk musical processes all right that's a word um when first of all before we get there are you guys writing any new tunes or are you just rehearsing for the show we're rehearsing for the show first and foremost but there's in lieu of rehearsing for this show we've come across a lot of the stuff we were writing before we sort of took a little took this break Sure. And I mean, it's probably, you know, 15, 20 songs deep worth of material that wow. they range, you know, but we were like, wow, we were really, really trying. And it, truthfully, it was probably me that was just super burnt out and just tired of like the 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 industry game of it all mm-hmm. sure. that, that kind of led to some of those songs not actualizing. But those uh, we're, we're we are anticipating new music here in the new year if not this year so yeah Dude. it would be it would be really difficult to not because we're already very excited and there's there's a slight lineup change or not even a change in addition so mm-hmm. that's made it even more like truthfully i've got i've got like my favorite dudes in my in my band so it's pretty dude, cool that's know? so rad i'm dude i'm stoked i can't wait i'll be at the show um and we'll get to you know high five and whatever absolutely absolutely man um so talking about musical process um when you guys are writing is does somebody just show up with a riff a drum beat a vo- do you show up with a vocal line or do you guys just kind of do what we did when we were kids and just someone just starts jamming and all of a sudden something forms i think it's a combination of all of those things yeah and, it, and it's always been like that but you know when we were all younger we had way more time yeah and there's probably less ass chasing we'd be like (laughs) we'd work our nine to fives get off and then immediately go to the rehearsal studio and rehearse for like five hours and then rinse and repeat planning for a show or release or recording but there's so much music and riffs that you know there are times where i can sit down and write a bunch of a bunch of music on acoustic but i'm kind of a meat and potatoes guy i like to go here's a verse Here's a chorus. Here's what I'm singing, but I need y'all's help to really bring the music to life because I I just I you know nod nod my way through it on guitar. <laughs> I need a real guitar player to really show me how to do it, and so it can start like that. And we've had our bass player write two songs, drums, bass, guitars, and then we're like, wow, that's awesome. That that sounds like us. Let's let's finish this. Yeah. So it, it can it can go all types of ways for sure. Dude, that's fucking rad, man. I miss Yeah, everybody's a writer. Yeah, basically. I love it. I love it. I miss yeah. the I miss the camaraderie of ha- being in a band. I think that's one of the things I miss the most um when everybody's functioning. Whenever uh, and Yeah. There go my dogs. Um 
<clears throat> my dog's laying on my lap right now. I'm trying to like make sure she doesn't get in the shot and start. Oh, it's all right. Throwing shit up. Yeah. <laughs> we love we love dogs on the show. I'm gonna edit this part out though because they're losing their shit. What the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> music process music process oh yeah that's yeah. the thing i was saying that's one of the things i like is the camaraderie you get and you know you don't get that in necessarily in, in your work life you know you have mm -hmm. to work with the person you work with because you got to make money right. and, but when you're just bros jamming it, it's a little different yes you're the ultimate goal would probably be to make money that's always looming i would think but, true, true. but like just getting together jamming vibing Oh, dude, right. like you turn the light, like you some, like just wait, you're your you're high school student, you turn the fucking strobe light on because that's the only light you got. And you're like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> and you just yeah, vibe. Yeah. There's something about that that is not just, it's transformative, I think. Right. It, it, it takes what you got in here and releases it into the fucking ether or whatever. And it it's therapy. That's why I do this show now is because I, I don't, uh, yeah, I got guitars and stuff and I jam around the house, but I don't have a band. And there's yeah. always there's always got to be a musical process that you or a um creative process that you follow that helps you release these emotions and you know i talk about that in the intro music does something to us it helps you transport through time and release emotions or whatever it sure does man little did we know and i i appreciate it even more now but maybe back then i was so in, into what we were doing that we'd show up for these rehearsals for five hours after a, a job we probably didn't want to do yeah and then just it would just we'd immediately click in and we're playing some hey i got this riff go for it let's put a breakdown right here go for it i'm gonna be fucking yelling about this i'm fucking hype let's play this shit like 10 more times and then go home and yeah. it became songs that became sets that became albums but doing it now it's almost like it is very much therapeutic but it's it's taking us out of the matrix that we've kind of built for ourselves too like we have this structure you're a homeowner or you're you know you're invested in your career and then you're writing this music that is visceral and it's taking you out of that again and it feels amazing it yeah really you got to break the pattern dude the pattern like yes yeah. Absolutely. I'm in it. And that's another reason why yeah. we do the podcast because you got to break, you got to get out of it, dude. That's, I think that's fantastic. I need to start jamming with some people again. Speaking of going down the, you know, the musical process, what is your, like, what is your process behind writing lyrics? Do you write melodies? Like when you're watching the band jam, do you just kind of like hum some shit along and then write some shit out later? Or do you come what you'd be like, Hey, I got these lyrics. Let's write something. I know you kind of talked about it a little bit about showing up with a guitar and having the right you know, the other guys do it but is there any other way or is it that the yeah way? yeah so so i like to consider myself a writer first and foremost i've just been writing since i was a kid and again it's therapeutic yeah um i love writing stories poems things like that but it is it is sort of introspective as well so i've got yeah. all of these notebooks and this started yeah in morningside <laughs> and, and lower where they're like we wrote this song, what are you going to say? And I'd have to dig into my notebooks and I would kind of highlight things that I felt sort of were in sync with the music that I'm hearing. Yeah. Then as more writing became and I started playing more guitar, I started to sort of, you know, you, I tend to like, nah, 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 my way. I like to have a good cadence, no matter the lyric, the cadence is going to make me sing. And it's, it's something that I love singing. So I want to be able to sing along with someone. I want them to sing along with me. 
but uh the cadence is usually how that goes whatever that rhyme scheme is somebody somebody can be playing a riff and it ju- it's just very immediate and if it's not immediate it's probably because it's it's it might be too uh too intricate maybe it's it doesn't seem like lyrics should even be a part of the music in general okay. but for the most part it's just very immediate for me and i've got a a bank of words in my in my head that I'm just like, if I had to be put on the spot, what would I be doing right now? How would the song sound? And I kind of put that pressure on myself too. At the same time, I have songs that I've been writing for years that are still incomplete, and yep. you just kind of go up to it. I think uh, as a as a creative, we tend to go really fast. When I was young, fast, 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 hurry up before you get fucking old and your knees don't work yeah. and you can't sing anymore and you don't care anymore and you're yeah. jaded. But as you get older, I kind of realize, you know, creativity and art can be very, very slow. And I, and I've come to appreciate that even more. So I might be like 55 screaming into a mic, but that's how I dance. So fuck it. You know? Fuck. Yeah, dude. I love yeah, it. Man. I yeah. love it. Um, so when you guys recorded the last album, how was that done? Did you guys do it like how everybody does it now? Kind of like at your house? <laughs> no, um, you know, some of our, it's funny you mentioned that. Our EP, which is a black and white album, mm-hmm. and that has some of the old, our first batch of songs that were eventually changed up. And, but we, we did that EP in Montrose, we all lived together at the time and our yeah. buddy, Jerry Nettles, awesome guy. He was in a band called the finalists. Um, he tracked us. We paid for it. Ironically, we lived together. So we paid him and I think he paid rent. And then we, uh, anyway, yeah, we, I know he tracked it us. It was, it was a blast. It was such a blast. We recorded the whole thing. And I think right after the, the recording was interrupted by Ike, by hurricane oh. Ike. And then we finished it. And that was probably 2009 subsequently when we released that album and a video for the song lay kick somehow kid rocks man uh ex-manager got a hold of it and liked it and he was like let me represent you guys try to get you guys a deal shop you around and that began the whole you know dealing with record labels and managers and things like that and and the real business side of it we we really got exposed and we got spit up and shoot out several times and you know we you know, some of those things were consequences of our own and, you know, decisions of our own. But but regarding uh, that album was done in a house. There's an album called Dirty Legs that a lot of those songs were also written around the same time the EP was written. And this is in a this probably won't get me in trouble anymore, but <laughs> we had to we had to use the songs from Dirty Leg. We tracked those with this dude named Machine, who's fucking awesome. He did like head PE yeah. every time I die. He's done the band post profit who are really rad, but uh, we had to track those songs to kind of use those songs to break away from him. So he wouldn't sue us. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So little things like that, but we never released those songs. We would, we would play them live, but we never released them. So by the time we got to our full length album, we recorded that with this dude who's a, great great friend of ours to this day named mike watts off of long island and uh we recorded our full-length album at his studio voodoo studios nice. and uh great experience 
a very real like professional experience and hard at times, but a wonderful experience nonetheless. And unfortunately, I say unfortunately, but because of a lot of the decisions that we made, we ended up releasing a full length after our EP and then Dirty Legs, which was recorded before the full length. So wow. it's kind of musical whiplash because you hear, in my opinion, would be a raw EP. And yeah. then you hear this sort of polished full length, you know, sonically pleasing full length album, followed by a very rough, ugly, sonically pleasing album. And you're kind of like, this seems out of order, but there were reasons for that. And a lot of them were just simply political at the end of the day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So compare, compare those recordings to like, let's say that of the lower sessions. Whoo. Yeah. I mean, lower was, I was straight out of high school. Right. And we are, I, I love the band lower huge band, Ryan Otia, Trey Miller, Chris Gore, uh, Garth, Joffrey, all those guys, we were watching them back when the abyss was open and fits and, you know, the mausoleum and Zelda's and all that. And we were, we were high schoolers watching high schoolers who, for whatever reason, I just didn't think they were high schoolers. I thought they were grown ass men <laughs> with this badass band. And uh, when I graduated from high school on my way home from a, a like a, a trip from California, my buddy James Taylor was like, hey, uh, Lower's looking for a singer. I'm going to pick you up from the airport. How about you go try out? Went, tried out. Wow. They liked it. Nailed but it. I was as green as can be. Sure. Didn't, didn't really know my voice. Didn't really have anything other than the desire to be on stage and rock the fuck out and, and fucking yell at people. So... You know, recording wise, we record at Texas Music Studios here in town. Okay. And wow. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Old you know, school. I know old who school. owns that now. Hefe. Hefe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so uh, I actually saw him pull up because he has a rehearsal at Texas Music Rehearsal Studios yeah. as well. Um, I forget the gentleman who used to own the rehearsal studios somewhere out in like Highway 3, maybe. I can't even remember. <laughs> and back then we were recording, you know, reel to reel. We were recording on tape. Yeah. So the experience then was you can't really fuck up because we only got so much tape and it's, it's a bitch to edit. Yeah. You better know um, this one. <laughs> you know, it, for, it was just a different time. I, I learned every band that I've been in, I've learned how to sing, how to write better, how nice. to be a better performer, how to be a better friend, bandmate person. So it only evolved from there. I think lower really, you know, broke me into the scene and kind of made me feel what it was like to suck in front of people oh, yeah. and, and also have a blast with a band that was already established. But sure. you know, that band ended and then I went and tried to start other bands and it just yeah. didn't have that energy. So you start to really figure out where you invest your time and energy when it comes to art. How do you do that? It's, you know, I don't think there's a, there's a book, even though they try to sell it to you online all day these days. You know, an ebook on Instagram or something, yeah, you know, yeah. this is how you do it. There's no real way. And I, I, I like to believe it starts with the, with the players. What are you listening to right now? Right now, dude. Um, like I mentioned earlier, Post Profit, an amazing band that my buddy Kenyon put me on to. Um, I'm going to take uh, Machine Tractum, uh, 
and they're they're like a, a cross of everything that I really really enjoy. Then um, uh, a band called Teenage Wrist. Okay. I don't know where they're from, but man, heard, every song heard, they fucking play is awesome. Why have I heard that name before? Isn't that a Deftone song? Oh, that's Saturday no, but they're <laughs> yeah, Saturday Night Wrist. They're called Teenage Wrist, and they're kind of like I don't want I don't want to peg them as like throwback they've got the 90s thing locked down they okay. remind me of all of my favorite 90s bands but they sing well and they've got their it's their own thing they're just so unique and and they just sound special immediately yeah yeah, yeah. um okay. I'm gonna check I, them out. I, yeah dude i still jam you know uh what's this band oh fuck i don't want to screw it up uh stray from the path is fucking mm-hmm. awesome they're just they're just rad you know, and I still jam all of our Deftones, Corn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still into all that. Uh, kind of branched out to a lot of, you know, sometimes a little bit lighter music. There's a, a band, I think they're called uh, Pinemont or, man, I don't want to screw that up. But, man, it, musically, it just keeps going. I, I listen to a yeah. lot of stuff, but it, but I'm always keeping my eye out for the rock shit, man. Punk, yeah. rock, metal, just the new stuff that'll get me hype and make me want to yeah. fucking stage dive again, you know? Yeah, I'm all, I'm always looking for something that, in, and I think it gets harder as we get older because we've heard more. But like, mm-hmm. I, like let's say for oh. me, like I love I love Nine Inch Nails. There's Trent up there. Uh, oh, like, fuck yeah, dude. You know, like, but so the first time I heard Wish, you know, or like yeah. you know, I tried, I gave up. I was like, holy flying <laughs> fuck, he's speaking to me. You know, like, yeah, and then you hear all the weird, all the weird noises and stuff, or the way the Deftones did fucking any album you know Dude. like like just even changing drummers you know or or bass players because that right that, that happened but like it yeah. they still were able to come together and make some great stuff but now it's harder and harder to find things that you you can find things for me anyway this is my side you can find things that yeah. still inspire you and still sound great and you're still like holy crap that's amazing but it's hard to find something that's exactly totally new kind of harking back to what we were talking about before it's like we've seen behind the curtain and you're yeah. like, but when it happens, it's like, and the hair on your arm stands up again. And you're like, totally, Oh my God, I'm totally, still alive. Dude. This is fucking amazing. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Dude. Still- um, Pine, Pine, Pine Grove was the name of, Pine of this Grove. band. And, yeah. And they're a little bit on the lighter side. I'd like it too. That's cool. But, but it's just, just beautiful music, lyrically colorful, you oh. know? And sometimes it's just that, that, that kind of brings me to a band that I'm like, whatever they're saying is speaking to me, which makes me love the music because I can get, I can fall in love with lyrics just as much as an entire band or yeah. just the music, not really caring about the lyrics or, or the vocalist, but, but yeah, man, I'm still like into like kill switch fucking oh, Jesse. Like when we oh, were on dude. tour, when we were on tour, we played like with story of the year one time in New York, it was like the reunion tour. Yeah. And afterwards my buddy introduced me to Jesse and nice and uh it was just i was just like wow this is super cool and he wasn't doing kill switch at the time but now he's back killing it you know and it's just i love seeing it man it like it's a it's inspiring to see for sure yeah i've seen kill switch with both both of the uh both of the guys i saw kill switch open up for fucking cradle of filth at the engine room that was a long that was a long time ago and and then i saw uh kill switch uh with jesse uh years later um open up for um black label society in san antonio river city rock fest and they just fucking it was the first year jesse was back i think 
It just Hell fucking yeah. murdered it. I was like, holy fuck. Kid Rock headlined that show. That was right, cool. right. Dude, Dude you know what band I never I'm I never get away from that I, I just I, I eat up everything they, they put out is is a glass jaw. Fuck yeah, dude. Like, I just cannot get enough of that fucking band. Like, two-piece, three-piece, one-piece, just put some fucking music out, man. Like, I just yeah. love their vibe, and they're just unique, twisted enough to to always keep my interest. Like, they're just really, really rad, for sure. Dude, I've never seen them live. So I, I bought tickets. Me and Erica Lee, fuck, this is a long time ago, went to, oh, and Sal Castro. We all went to go mm. see them. They were opening up for... 30 seconds to Mars and 30 seconds to Mars wasn't popular yet. And they were op- 30 right. seconds to Mars was opening up for the used. And I loved 30 seconds to Mars and I loved glass job back then. I still love glass job. Now they're 30 seconds to Mars. I still, I still like them. They've just, they, yeah. went, they went a whole different direction. Good for them. Cause they're popular shit. Um, yeah. But like, I was so disappointed because Glassjaw canceled because the lead singer, you know, he's got that thing and that thing yeah. happened and they had to cancel it. I was so fucking pissed, but I got to meet yeah, Jared dude. Leto that night. So it worked out right on, right on. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm done interviewing I, now. I want to talk life, man. Like what's, what's life. going on? What do you think? What do you think of this current state of the, the union or the world? Man, the world, dude, it's, it's getting hotter. We were just, uh, you know, after practice, we were cruising back to my house and they were like, it's like, dude, it's hot. It's really hot. I think it's only going to get hotter. Yeah. I think I think we're about due for another hurricane. You know, yeah. it um, is that season. Yeah, dude. It's just it's all changing. It, you know, as we're getting older, time seems to shrink. We have it less does. hours in the day. Yep. You know, so I feel like we want to put the gas on all the things that we love and used to love. Yeah. You know, the I don't think the best years are behind us, but but yeah, it's a every the world is just changing every day it sounds cliche but you know get it in while you can because you know before you know it there's going to be a fucking ufo above your house who knows (laughs) no see now you're speaking my language the the show talks about music and the beyond so and beyond dude so the beyond my next question is have you ever seen a ufo uh have you seen a ghost do you know bigfoot I don't know Bigfoot. I've never seen a UFO, but I, I keep my my eyes to the sky pretty often. Yeah. And it's kind of hard not to because you got this computer for a phone and you're right. just in there fucking all day. Yeah, but that's what they want. Man, we're not alone. You know, you want to believe, but also believe like they're probably not going to be very nice or care about what we care about. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to take it with a grain of salt. Like, all right, kill me. Cause yeah. it's been fun, but, but yeah, man, no ghosts. Like my girl is into like the paranormal and ghosts yeah. and she thinks, she thinks my house is haunted. I'm like this house ain't haunted by anything except a dirty floor, which you need to get to cleaning. Dude. I'm, so, I'm joking. Nah. <laughs> I clean the floors. I clean the I, floors, but, yeah. but yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, I'd be hard pressed. I, I have a feeling I'll see a UFO before I see a ghost. Oh yeah, I'm sure you will. I've seen, there's been two instances in my life and uh, my audience knows because I talk about it all the time, um, that there's been two instances in my life where I've seen things that I can't explain. And really, I, I mean, I don't, I can't tell you it was an alien. I don't know. I don't know yeah. Fuck, but it was some fucking legit shit in the sky, like in two no separate shit. locations. One was in Katy, Texas in 1997 with my buddy, Chad McKinney. And, and then another one was right outside of Brady, Texas, about 
about 30 miles outside of Brady, Texas on my way to San Angelo at nighttime. There's just weird lights, dude, weird lights. The, uh, anyway, I don't need to go into it because everybody's heard. But they didn't make any sense to you, right? They, they didn't make no any sense. sense. Wow, I mean, wow. now near Brady, Texas, there's military bases. And this was around yeah. the time. This was right before like Time magazine said like attack of the drones or whatever and put like the U.S. military drone on the cover. They could have been drones at nighttime and some fucking 20 year old kids like, look at this dumb motherfucker. Yeah. Let's fuck with <laughs> this guy. I mean, I don't know. I never right. saw what it was. I just saw the lights and they did weird things. Totally. Um, I can say that like out of like weird things. I do remember one occasion being lost in Philadelphia, like okay. in like a warehouse district of Philadelphia. And I'm not trying to shit on Philly. Like well, it's Philly sketchy, is old. Though. It's <laughs> yeah. old. So yeah. if I say the warehouse district, I, I don't know. Everything looks like a fucking warehouse out there. Right. But yeah, yeah. I remember we're lost trying to get back to our destination. And me and Kenyon are look driving. We're looking around. We look up and there's a fucking ninja. <laughs> on top of a uh, like a overpass and he's just peeking out like and then Whoa. he just fucking runs off dude full, <laughs> full ninja gear dude Whoa. middle of the night two Whoa. three o'clock in the morning dude um and also <laughs> something strange this isn't beyond but this is something that i really believe in sure that multiple occasions on the road where i'm sharing dreams with my bandmates yeah we're asleep having the beyond. same dream yeah. we wake up we're talking to each other. We're like, were you just in the, in the mix of this? I was there. You were there. We're having the same dream. Like that that's happened several times, which that's is awesome. really cool. I love, I love the dream world. I love how you can kind of navigate your life yeah. through your, through your dream world. I love all that shit. Dude, that's fucking awesome. I love that stuff because like I, when I was younger, I used to take a lot of hallucinogens and I had, you know, acid, yeah, acid <laughs> mushrooms, whatever I get my hands on. And my, a buddy of mine, uh, he's a doctor now or a scientist now. Anyway, mm -hmm. he, you know who you are. Um, we went on a journey into the woods and we, but it started by, we were laying down in the garage after taking a few hits of acid. And then we went on this journey through the woods and after, and I mean, it was crazy. You know how acid is. You walk like five feet and you stop and you're like, what are we doing here? Why is this here? What the fuck is that tree doing? You know? And then you start yeah, walking dude. again, you make up new plans and totally. we, I guess all of a sudden the, it, the, the trip stopped and we were sitting up in my garage and the end of Pink Floyd, you know, whatever it was, Pink Floyd album we were listening to, it stopped. And we were like looking at each other and like, did we just go on this entire journey in our heads together? And the whole wow. time we were like, dude, okay. I went here and then the tree grew up out of the ground, right? The, out of fucking nowhere. He was like, yeah. And then the music started playing out of the trees and the stars started falling. I was like, yeah. And like, <laughs> but it was like, we were laying there the whole time. And, and then I got up, I was like, dude, this is trippy. I got up to turn the lights on because the lights were off. And so we had just had this hour long conversation about how everything we had done was in our head and how the fuck, you know, we just, popped back into existence but then i turned the lights on and all of our shoes and feet were muddy so we had wow. gone on the fuck we i think we had really gone yeah. on it but we lost this period of time <laughs> or sure, or maybe we did it all in our head and and our feet just got muddy by the experience of being in the ether i don't know but that's yeah yeah it happened either way something either way experienced yeah it happened i love that idea of you guys fucking having the same dream i i i feel like that's happened with me and somebody before yeah it must have i mean i've i always feel close to my dudes and and uh so i, I wouldn't put it past that that that's why it happens as well you know yeah 
absolutely mm-hmm. gabe from american fangs <laughs> dude this is so fun this has been so much fun thank you for coming on yeah hey, thank you is, for having me man your show is august 19th 19th at yeah. uh White Oak Music Hall. White Oak Music Hall. I've still never been there. Or is, is it a, is something venue, we've man. been to before and it, they just changed the name? Or is it? No, nah, it's, it's fairly new. I mean, okay. it, it's been around for a while, but, you know, I think it's like 45 and Maine or some shit. But yeah, okay. beautiful venue, man. Awesome venue. Awesome staff. Always a blast there. Oh, dude, I can't, I can't wait. I'm excited to go. I, there's also another one in, in Houston I haven't been to the black magic social club have you been there dude that place is rad too do you remember a band called dinosaur salad i do yeah 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 i be- i believe and i could be wrong but i believe that one of their members uh john black owns owns that club i think you're, I think you're right club. yeah i was yeah. talking to jefe about that place i was gonna go the other day the show was sold i can't remember what show it was but jefe and the guys from six past hell were down there watching yeah. the show and i was like i'm on my way dude are they still are there still tickets and they're like we'll fi- we'll find a way and it was sold out right. i don't have the i don't have the cred anymore to just walk up and mm-hmm. be like i'm ryan from razor 13 let me in you know that doesn't work anymore <laughs> shit is yeah, I, I hear you man i hear you dude it's, it's been fun and I, I feel like i could talk to you the rest of the afternoon for sure man so, dude me too and yeah. i just i and maybe we will after after we're done with this but what what fortuitous events, you know, what a great mm-hmm. fucking day. And uh, thanks for coming on, buddy. And we'll talk soon and don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll talk a little bit after this. And everybody, this has been the 13. I'm your host, Ryan 13. Thanks for watching, listening, or however you're ingesting this. And we will see you on the next one. Blah.